What up, what up, what up? This is your girl, Miss Sapphire. Happy sexy Sunday to all you sexy motherfuckers. This is Erotic City Radio. <laughs> what up, D? Hey, how you doing? I'm good, girl. You know, it's another sexy Sunday. You know, the Golden Globes are tonight. I should be watching them, and we're doing our show tonight. It, it's I forgot all about the Golden Globes. Right? I mean... Man, I actually I love the Golden Globes because it it just lets me know that it's in time for the Razzies, you know, which is the wor- worst films of the year, and then of course the Oscars. I cannot wait, and then the Grammys are coming up. It's just like you know the start of award season. No- yes, award season, baby. Can't wait, and guess what, everybody? Sapphire done broke the cycle. <laughs> I decided to um, to to uh, nut up, as some people say, and uh, I decided not to be a greedy bitch anymore. And I I settled. I I, I asked my lady friend out um, last Monday, so I am now in a relationship. Yay! And actually, thanks to her, she was the one that gave us the suggestion. Um, that we talk about this topic tonight. So, I gotta say, congratulations. And then Dee's got a hot tip for y'all tonight as well. I cannot wait for her to tell you guys what it's all about. Me neither. I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I just can't wait. All right. So, tonight's topic is called Give Me Some of That Relation Mix. We're talking all about the swirl the twirl we're talking about interracial relationships tonight so we got a hot lineup for you i hope you guys enjoy let's get into bed pour the wine turn down the lights and let's get sexy with it so first of all in 2010 one in 12 couples were married um, in the u.s and out of these couples out of the one in 12 most of them were interracial couples believe it or not so there's been, and, and they've said since the 1980s, there's been a major, major rise in interracial relationships. It's been so big, and it's such a controversial topic because of the fact that though we're, you know, created equally, there's still that whole, you know, clashing of the cultures. You know, people want to keep it within their cultures. They want to, you know, procreate pure breeds. They want to not have... There's just so many debates that go on with interracial relationships. But we here at Erotic City Radio, and I know there's plenty of people out there who listen to us, agree. It is a beautiful thing. Marriage is a beautiful thing. Relationships can be a beautiful thing. I mean, hell, I stepped up. (laughs) And... You know, you just have to congratulate people out there, you know. So anyways, the increasing popularity of intramarriage, as they call it, has risen to about 15% since 2010, at least. And the biggest interracial relationships are mostly consist of, and here are the statistics, since 2010, 9% of whites, 17% of blacks, 26% of Hispanics, and 28 percent of Asians have married all outside of their race and this is just from 2010 so regardless of when these couples married the share of intermarriages has reached an all-time high now of 8.4 percent since 1980 which only just had 3.2 percent that's crazy 
It might not seem like a big number, but it's definitely a high rise. And D, you yourself, you're in an interracial relationship, aren't you? Yes, I am. How long have you and your partner been together? We have been together two and a half. Well, God, if you really want to get technical, <laughs> two years and seven months. But um, yeah, it's been pretty much two and a half years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I, I can only imagine that you guys have definitely gone through your own trials correct oh yeah we yes every <laughs> couple does and the longer you are in a relationship the more they, i feel like the more they will come but the longer you're in a relationship you understand how to handle them so we've definitely had our um our moments what couple doesn't well but um we've definitely tried to uh get a handle on it before it really just spirals out of control but a good statistic that i actually want to tell you about i was trying to find it because i wrote it down because i just thought this was awesome um this is something that i learned in like the psychology of sex or sexual behavior um this person this doctor did a study and what he found between interracial couples and I don't want to say regular couples because no couple is regular. Oh, no. Basically, non-interracial couples. And what he found was is that, in a nutshell, interracial couples go through the same issues as non-interracial um, couples, but it seems that they have a higher likelihood of not letting that, like, get to them and it ends up in a breakup or a divorce. It seemed what he found in the study was that it seems as if interracial couples can find a way to still be together, make it work. I've definitely read right. that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just I I I had to really agree with what he was saying. That don't quote me on that, people. It was no, kind of the gist. No, no, you're right. You're right. There's actually in the um you can go online and it's called the pewsocialtrends.org and you can look at the rise of intermarriage. This is where most of the statistics are. And the same theory that you just proved or just stated, that's also in this report. That they have found that those couples who are in an interracial relationship have stayed together longer and have found other ways to settle their differences rather than just quickly divorcing or having more marital problems because of the fact that they have dealt with bigger issues surrounding their relationship than what's probably going on to cause a possible divorce. That's what the study has said. So I'm glad that you you stepped up and said that because it is it's definitely true. And that brings me to my next point. They said that when it comes to certain ethnicities, black males are twice more than likely to marry someone other than their race. So they're tech, they're more than likely to date outside or marry another race or ethnicity. The theory is there is no real theory. It's just a statistic. And then, of course, the um. Now, this is not the first interracial couple, but this is the first interracial couple that we've seen to take um, legal action. And this is way back in the 60s was Mildred Dolores Loving and her husband, Richard Perry Loving. Mildred Dolores, she was an older woman in the relationship, African-American, and Richard was younger than her by about three, four years, a white male. 
and they've lived on to have four kids together. But their marriage, however, wasn't really legally seen in the state that they were in. And when Mildred had become ill, they were trying to decline. I believe it was because they wanted to decline her medical benefits of her husband. So while they were legally binded in marriage in the state of Georgia, they weren't legally seen in D.C. where she was trying to get treated. You're looking at me like, whew, some heavy stuff. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it, I mean, it is because at the time, and um, I think if their marriage finally got approved in like ni- I think 1970 or 1969. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely what they were doing in in a lot of states was illegal because of um, God, is it misogyny? I can't, I can't pronounce this word for the life of me. But basically, there were laws against interracial relationships, period. And um, I know that after uh, Mildred and Richard Loving um, went to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court said, okay, well, these laws are unjust. We're going to change it. Oh, qu- uh, sorry. Correction. It was because she was pregnant. Okay. They tra- the couple traveled to D.C. to marry... Okay, and they invaded, they basically broke Virginia's law of the Racial Integrity Act of 1924, which made interracial marriage a crime. It was just banned. It was illegal. Okay. Yeah. That's why. So my correction on that. Yeah. It's all right. And um, I, I know that after basically once their marriage was seen as this is legal, this is this is what is like they could do this. Um, I know it set off a domino effect and all other states that had laws like these up slowly but surely they started to come down and a really interesting fact that's kind of bad but I think the last uh, law against any type of interracial relations uh, finally came down in 1992 or 1995 in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Some part of Alabama. I believe so. I think you're right, actually. Yeah, I, when I, I saw that when I was like 16, but that still shocked me. So It's sad. It's really sad. It's really sad. But that's history. And what better way to look back on history is to go through these stories and use them as inspiration. But a lot of people will say, and this is what leads us to our next thing are the myths surrounding interracial dating and interracial relationships, interracial marriages is the fact that people who tend to date or marry outside of their race. It's not because they're dissatisfied with their own race. Let's drop that stereotype and myth down right now. Okay. Yes. There are plenty of people out there in the world that will say, well, I mean, speaking from our aspect, we're African-American. There are plenty of African-American men out there that will say, well, I don't date black chicks because they're this, because they're that. So I'm going to go and get me myself a white chick. I'm going to go get myself, a, you know, an Asian chick. It's not always because they're dissatisfied with their own race, okay? It's just the fact people blindly fall in love with who they fall in love with at the end of the day, okay? Yes, people have their preferences to date other people exclusively, But most of them are really just trying to find, at the end of the day, a suitable mate 
for them, regardless of color, okay? It's not because they, you know, want to shun their own race or try to, I guess, bring up their race by marrying someone of a higher power. It's not always that because those are the other myths surrounding it. But it's mostly because at the end of the day, it's who they vibed with. Do you agree with that, Dee? Yeah, um, just like thinking about the other side of it when it comes to African-American women, because I know this has happened to me because of my preference in um, the opposite sex. Um, I got a lot of flack because I was always interested in people outside of my race. And even though there seems to be this double standard <laughs> in the uh, African-American community, at least around the men, I don't know why, but for them to go out and get, you know, they're like, oh, I'm dating a white girl. I have no problem with that. You go head on and date her. Right. You have fun. And I'll be like, okay, well, I'm talking to a white guy. Wait, what? what? Like, I don't, like, all of a sudden the, the script is flipped. Always. Always. I just don't, I, I personally don't understand that. And I'm, I've been trying, I've been trying well, at least with the black brothers around me to change that image. And some of them I've gotten through to, and some of them just cannot understand. But I hope life will, you know, teach them because I sure can't. But that's definitely an, another, just like, just in case you are interested in the opposite sex, opposite, well, opposite sex, and they're of a different race than you are, just be, um, aware that not everyone around you is going to be as open to it as you think <laughs> and hell if it's the same race i mean not the same race but the same sex honey you got like you, yeah you got a tough tough thing going for you because i mean it's one thing for you to be a man and a woman in an interracial relationship but it's another thing if you are in my case a female in a relationship with another female and what if you know, the cultures are different, you know. What if one is Muslim and the other one is Christian and you're African-American? A lot of it, it doesn't always mix. You know, there's a lot of clashing with certain races and religions. So you also have to see it from that aspect as well. But though a lot of people are blinded to that, unfortunately. Yeah. And that also brings us to our next one is another myth that people date because to change their social status. Okay. A lot of people say, well, why are you dating a white man? Is it because he has more money than you? No, but there's always going to be that gold digging whenever you marry a certain race. Okay. There's always going to be that stamp. That says, oh, well, she must be a gold digger. He must be a gold digger because of who she's dating. I mean, we all heard the Kanye West song. I mean, hell, can get any better than that. But unfortunately, a lot of people assume that people are doing this because they want to change the way that they live. You know, to come but from you nothing. Have to see, you have to see both sides of the spectrum, though. Because if a woman, oh, she's going after money or whatever it could seem that way but it's just like kind of going back to the case about african-american males and if they decide to date um or marry a white woman all of a sudden it's your your status in society changes or yes. that's what myth right. is 
you um you'll be able to do this and i've heard stuff from i've heard stuff from getting into certain places to like certain clubs to um being able to get certain credit cards i'm like <laughs> honey if she's got bad credit and you got bad credit then both y'all are that card. y'all are both fucked yeah <laughs> it, at the end of the day y'all are fucked and, you know, there also brings to the whole idea of the trophy. And here's this new one that I've been hearing about. Instead of it being like we've all heard like, oh, well, you know, certain races date or marry black men because of the stereotype of big black dick. OK, BBD, as we like to call it. Or, you know, women tend to uh, date white men because, of course, there's this whole, you know, social status. There's more money behind it. Well, now. And of course, we have the whole Asian persuasion. You know, everybody thinks like, oh, well, because a, an Asian woman has a smaller vagina or because she's more of a more, um, I don't want to say it in a demeaning way, but they're more, um, come on, D, help me out on this one. They're more submissive. Oh, I was like, I don't know what you're looking for. Yes. And now there's this whole idea behind that's been coming out. Even on the Frisky, they have this article about the Asian trophy wife. Okay. Because of the fact that there's the whole myth of they're smarter, they're more intelligent, they're more strict. They're going to make more money because especially this is mostly among like Caucasian males, white males that say that they have to go out and find themselves an Asian trophy wife because in the statistics nowadays, they are saying that the highest earning couples in interracial relationships is white males, Asian females. They earn the top housing dollar of about 71000 a year, apparently. Wow. Yes. So there's that whole Asian trophy wife. And if you want to see that article, it's on the frisky.com on their sex topic. It's like. It's still fairly new. It might be about four or five articles away, but you can definitely check it out. It's really interesting article. And they talk about these statistics, which is crazy. And then speaking of trying to fit in socially, people say also a myth that surrounds interracial dating is the act of trying to act like something that they aren't, you know, coming from money when you really aren't coming from money. Okay, there's this widespread myth that people who engage in interracial relationships are less than black you're less than asian you're less than hispanic because you turned against your culture oh yeah okay and it's just like and 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 it's it's funny and it's sad because no matter what you do in life i mean i know i don't always sound like a female black woman okay but that doesn't make me less than african-american that i am but wait a second what does a female black woman sound like exactly d exactly see that's the thing everyone says oh well you don't because i used to get that a lot a lot when i was in school you don't talk black i'm sorry and now what yeah what do you mean i don't talk black and now that you're and now that you're dating someone well you're less than black because you just turned against your race how does that How does someone I love affect the way of me being African-American? How does that make me less than Hispanic? How does that make me less than Asian? How does that make you less than any race? Honestly. If somebody can answer that right now, 
find us at eroticcityradio.com and answer that. Because <laughs> I, I, that's one myth behind every act that a person does. No matter what you do in life, you're always going to have that stereotype and myth behind you. That you're acting less than what you actually are. Just because you marry interracially does not mean you lose the sight of your culture. Period. Yep. Period. All right, let's take a break. We need a little little break from that. And let's talk about some dirty ass laundry. Woohoo! We, oh my goodness, it has been such a good week. I mean, you got the Razzie nominations that came out. You got the Oscar nominations that came out. There is a reunion that might be happening, but their album is coming out in two weeks. I mean, it's not going to get any better than this. Which one should we do first? Uh, um, surprise me. All right. Well, first of all, the Oscar nominations were announced on Thursday morning. And it's no secret, you know, it's the Oscars. Everybody's going crazy over, you know, the box office hits. Like, people were talking about Lincoln. People were talking about Django, Zero Dark Thirty, Les Mis. And I want to go see this so bad. Um, the Silver Linings Playbook. I want to see this movie. Jennifer Lawrence is in it, and so is um, Bradley Cooper. And I heard it. their chemistry on screen is impeccable. Well, I just listed out some of your nominees for Best Picture. However, there are some snubs, which makes me really mad. Um, while Daniel Day-Lewis got his nomination for Lincoln and Denzel Washington got his nomination for Flight. If y'all haven't seen Lincoln, Flight, Les Mis, y'all are just missing out on good films. Hugh Jackman got the nomination as well. But Django is not nominated in the Best Actor, Actor category, which makes me very sad. Leonardo DiCaprio was predicted to get a nomination and once again he got snubbed and so did um what's his name ben affleck for his role in Argo. and i heard that was a damn good film i haven't seen it yet it's on my queue to watch you know what i think i think the reason why they didn't get nominated is because they're both two controversial films when Argo came out, there was a whole bunch of people, I forgot what country, that were like, nope, we don't like this. Yes. And when Django came out, there were a whole bunch, no disrespect, a whole bunch of white people from the South going, why should we watch something like this? This is so rude. Well, Because the black guy that took a stand, who was trying to get his wife back, it's not crazy. It's see, Django still is getting more controversy. It was just released this week, and I'm really mad about this, too. Like, I... I, I really want markets to take these down. But apparently they released action figures of Django. Okay. But. Really? Yes. Yes. And now they're trying to pull it off the shelves. Okay. These are supposed to be like collectibles. I don't think we need to have collectibles that are portraying slave-like characters. Because heaven knows if you've seen Roots and we got a Kunta Kinte doll running around, people would be on it immediately would be on it immediately. I have nothing against Django. I'm about to watch it tonight after the Golden Globes, and I've been hearing nothing but good things. We all need to just shut the hell up and let this movie play its role. It is just a film. But to release these dolls, I don't know exactly how I feel about that. I don't feel like we need to have action figurines that are slaves. We don't. We really don't. 
Um, going on to Best Actress real quickly, we got um, Jessica Chastain for Zero Dark Thirty. Jennifer Lawrence from The Hunger Games has just got nominated for her role in Silver Lining Playbooks. And there's a million others, but I mean, in our opinion here, these are the ones that count. <laughs> and of course, Anne Hathaway got her nomination for Les Mis, which is good. And um, Argo did get a nomination for Alan Arkin's role as Best Supporting Actor, as well as Robert De Niro for Silver Lining Play Playbook. Um, Tommy Lee Jones, who plays a really good character for Lincoln. I'm sorry, this is spoiler alert. But in Lincoln, he plays an interesting character that keeps you guessing throughout the whole film. Um, it is revealed at the end of his story in Lincoln that he was actually married to a, um, a mixed woman, a mixed slave. He plays Thaddeus Stevens, who was a um, Republican at the time. But he was married to one of his servants, if you will, in the film. And it, it's a very touching piece, and it gets you guessing the whole entire movie. Go see Lincoln, please. And then Adele, she is going to possibly take home the Oscar nomination for Skyfall. Which is kind of sad because on the shortlist, they had Katy Perry... But now the official list came out and Adele is one of the many nominees for best song, original song. Wait, why was Katy Perry on the list? She was going to be on the list for Wide Awake from her 3D film. It's also, it's nominated for a Golden Globe this evening. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. And Adele is performing on the Golden Globes tonight as well. If you haven't seen it already, for all you East Coast people, don't spoil it for us. I've been seeing tweets all day. But anyways, last but not least, we've got bigger news to fry. And that is Beyonce will not only just sing the national anthem at the inauguration on uh, the 21st, but she also announced on her website that her and Destiny's Child are getting back together and will be releasing their greatest hits album titled Love Songs January 29th. I cannot wait. I'm hoping that Beyonce also will tell us that on Super Bowl Sunday, you know, they're going to come out with a performance. Because if they do... I hope not at all. She ain't got to tell nobody. She ain't got to tell anybody. She just needs... All of a sudden, I want to hear... And I want to see Kelly and Michelle. And I'll hear... Kelly, can you handle this? I just want... The <laughs> this is like my dream. <laughs> That's all I want. Yes. So if you're listening, girl, we want you to bring out Destiny's Child at the Super Bowl, February 3rd. Can you do that, please? Make it. Please. You can't just tell us that y'all are re reuniting on the cover of an album called Love Songs, January 29th, and not celebrate at the Super Bowl. We know you're going to bring your fans up on stage, but give the fans what they want. We want our Destiny's Child review. <laughs> awesome DC3, goddammit. And those are your yeah. dreams. All right. D, hit me with the hot tip. Okay, so last week we talked about uh, why well, I gave a little um, little spiel about tantric sex. So what I was saying was that you know it's where you separate you know the orgasm, like you don't excuse me, you separate the orgasm and ejaculation. So the whole point of tantric sex is 
it will, it's supposed to help rekindle the love in a relationship. So that feeling that you got, like that sexual intimacy, like that's something that everyone deserves. You deserve that sexual intimacy and to be able to feel comfortable and feel loved and vulnerable during sex. That is okay. So you may want to like, you may have lost it. Hell, we all do. And talking about we all lost it. You, I mean, it can get lost in a relation. I'm not gonna lie. That vulnerability and intimacy after getting jobs and having kids that you may lose that. It's okay. What having no babies does is it is supposed to reinvigorate lovemaking. It's not not tantric sex. Really, isn't fucking. It's actually like lovemaking. It's all about emotion. So the practice of Tantra shows us how to reclaim the sexual intimacy that is our birthright. And through the arts, we may discover new joys of the erotic and expand near moments of sexual ecstasy into a lifetime of sexual bliss. Now, that is not to say that y'all just gonna be humping like rat, like rabbits, just <laughs> for weeks on end. No, it will come to a halt. You will have to stop. But you can keep building on that intimacy, practicing tantric sex for the rest of your life. So I say it says at the time when the stresses, fears, and distractions of your daily life threaten so many relationships, the age-old practice of tantra shows us how to open our hearts, our emotions, and our sexuality. So just to give you kind of a background about tantric, tantric sex, tantric sex was born in India more than 6,000 years ago. It emerged as a rebellion against organized religion, which held that sex, sexuality should be rejected in order to reach enlightenment. So Tantra challenged um, the ascetic belief of that time. Um, basically, it was considered the sexuality uh, doorway to the divine. Mm. So it's really sex on another level. Like, Some have y'all seen that that scene in American Pie 2? when he was practicing that tantric sex and he's like, I feel it, I feel it. Like, I want that, okay? I want to practice the shit out of tantric. I don't see, and a lot of people, and a lot of people do. They have classes about it. They have, there are so many books. If you are interested in tantric sex, you can go on amazon.com and find the book. And if now, you're a tantric sex guru, we want you, okay? Erotic City wants you. Erotic City wants oh, yeah. to you. We please call us. Please. This, this would be great. Please. I would love to hear this from somebody who actually practices Exactly. It. Please, please, please email us. Eroticcity.radio at yahoo.com. Sorry, dude. We got to plug that in. Oh, no problem. So, basically, the, last, the big thing that I want people to take away from tantric sex is the whole separating orgasm from ejaculation. Because the thing is, is tantric sex, in a way, says... You can have an orgasm and not have to ejaculate, not ejaculate. Say what? Ejaculating is separate. That doesn't, it, they're not connected. And for some people that kind of throws them off. Like, how are they not connected? Like, cause when I orgasm, I'm done. <laughs> but there's a way through practicing tantric sex, which you can have an orgasm and you come out of orgasm like, oh man, that was good. And I ain't even come, like I haven't ejaculated yet. This goes for men and women. My jaw so, has dropped to the floor. <laughs> My jaw has so dropped. I would, 
I would definitely encourage people to try this. It, I'm not gonna lie, this isn't something that's gonna happen, you know, you read the book in a day and you can try it the next day and it'll just work. No. That's bullshit. Just like, just like female trying, like, trying to uh, do female ejaculation, it takes time. That's something that not everyone, so maybe some people out there can separate orgasm from ejaculation right off the bat. Maybe some people can just squirt their first time and be a-okay. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was but, blessed too, girl. I was blessed too. But for some people, <laughs> for actually for a lot of people when it comes to tantric sex, this is something that you need to practice. So reading the book, reading the material, but then practicing it. Communicating with your partner, this is something that you want to try, and you both practicing. Understanding that this is, Rome was not built in a day. This is not something that's gonna happen in two hours or an hour of lovemaking, or even 40 hours of lovemaking. A lot of people who practice tantric sex say it took them three months. God damn. So, definitely, but it, it's the practice and the trying is all worth it, it when you get the results. So I would definitely suggest trying this out. I know I've been interested in it for a while. I, when I was interested, I wasn't with anyone. Now I am with someone and I really want to, I really want to try this out. D, I was just about to say, let's try this. Not together, not together. I was going to say, um. I mean, in a perfect world, D, I would love to have those lovely voluptuous titties just oh, bouncing God. on me and we can have like the best tantric sex ever and add nicole to the swirling mix honey we get our swirl on because we just okay this is why we included tantric sex because tantric sex is not limited to races cultures or religions it's for everybody and when we mean everybody we mean everybody doesn't matter if you're gay straight bisexual it's for everybody so d come on let's hop on it okay that's I like gotta, I'll, I'm gonna get my fiance on board, and I'll let okay, you know how exactly, it goes. Exactly. Think about it. We get we get Greg and Nicole in the mix. We get you and, and Santos in it in the mix, and then I get my little my little vixen and I in the mix, honey. That's like you got chocolate, double chocolate, caramel, vanilla, honey. That's a beautiful mix, and like some honey. That's like a Sunday. Get honey, wait, 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 wait. Where'd the honey come from? My vixens like honey. Okay. Uh, well, I not in the act. I don't like honey. <laughs> I like it in my tea, and that's about it. <laughs> you would like my ladies, honey. That's all I have to say. Oh, um, I'm gonna let you take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it would be a beautiful swirl. Just, just picture it, everybody. I know the audience is like, oh yes, let that happen. Get the audio in. Just make it swirl. A tantric swirl. That's what we can call it. An erotic city tantric swirl. Just think about it. Mm, D, that was a hot tip indeed, girl. I'm soaking wet right now. Oh, Lordy. No, I shouldn't. I should hold it in, right? Gotta hold it in. Gotta, ooh, clinch. Ooh, be patient. Yeah, Hold it in. <laughs> <laughs> just got to clench and hold, right? Oh, my goodness. We're just, like, breezing past this. So I have to say, what is your opinion before we get into our next topic? Now, we've stated, like, you know, statistics and, you know, stereotypes and went into, you know, tantric sex. Being a person in an interracial relationship yourself, what has been the hardest struggle that you guys have dealt with? being an interracial couple oh um 
the hardest issue actually had nothing to do with race. It was a, it was kind of just like a, it was a personal issue between me and my fiance. Um, we did have our uh, issues, I guess in the, well, we still get stares, um, but in, in the beginning it was rough because for some reason, <laughs> People just felt the need to really tell us like they didn't like what they saw. Wow. And I'm I'm not the type of person that really just uh, sits back and lets you trash me for no reason. I'm a very nice person. I can admit that and say that. She's a sweetie pie. <laughs> Until you just start disres being disrespectful. Period. Um. To to me, to strangers, to to friends, family. That's just where I'm just like, no, that's just not gonna work. We had an incident where we were in a Taco Bell and I tried to block this memory from my mind. So I know there was two old ladies either in front of us or behind us. They were both, um, uh, as far as I know, from what I knew, from what they were, what they were talking, um, they're talking about something in Mexican culture and they were talking, speaking in Spanish. So I believe they're Mexican. They saw Santos, they saw me, and they basically proceeded to ask him why, um, like, why was he dating at the N-word? Oh, and wow. They took it that far? They, they, like, well, first, I they asked him a question before that, like, um, don't, like, something about Latinas and something... And he said no, and then they asked that question. And I just, <laughs> I knew I couldn't hit her, because you can't yeah. hit, you're supposed to respect your elders. But it's really difficult to respect your elders when they, when they abuse their power. And, you know, you're taught to respect your elders, but then they abuse the power by saying some shit that they know back in the day would have got them popped in the face. Damn. So... Um, I just turned around and I, like Santos, he just looked like flabbergasted. He had his mouth open. Um, and I just turned around and I said, you know what, ma'am? I don't know why you feel the need to ask him why he, why he should be dating someone else, I guess, in his race. But there is no need to call me that. Right. Not, that's not me. That's not acceptable. Well, of course. Um, and she looked like I had slapped her in the face because I addressed her. Um, but honestly, that was probably like the 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 worst the thing we had to to deal with. We've gotten this. We still get the stares. We get the under the breath. Like I've gone. He met me at a bar one time, and there was a whole but there was like this family there. And they were Mexican, and he came through the door, and I kissed him, and they all, like, got quiet, looked at me, and looked at him, like, what in the frick? Whoa, wow. But to me, I'm like, go ahead and stare, because it's it's not bothering me. Right. That you're wasting your, like, this is someone's birthday party. Y'all are wasting y'all time by looking over at me and my man kissing? When I'm not, fo I only reason I noticed them was because I had to turn around and go back to the bar and get my drink. <laughs> I'm worried about y'all. Good girl. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm about having fun, and part of having fun for me 
is not worrying about what people at the next table are doing. Exactly. I'm worried about me and my group and how we're having a good time. If you want to have a good time and you're a cool person, you come on over and hang with us. But I'm not going to worry about who you kissing, who you fucking, all that stuff. As long as you're doing it safe, I don't give a shit. There you go. You heard it. You heard it from D herself. <laughs> have fun with it, people. There shouldn't be a reason why we, you know, look down at it. Like, you just, you cannot look down on it at all. I mean, it might not be acceptable in your eyes, but, you know, people are really trying to work at love. And even in this day and age, while it might not be just interracial loves that we're talking about trying to create equality, because we also got, you know, same-sex marriages and same-sex relationships that are still being looked down upon. We just got to learn how to love one another and be accepting of it. You know, times are changing. We need to start changing along with it as well. And that's what we try to do. It might not be sexy. It might not be all about straight fucking all the time. But that's what we're trying to do here at Erotic City Radio is to show that there is hope out there. Is that good for you, Miss D? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we, we try. We try all the time for that. So I, I thank you for your story because I'm sure that there are many stories out there with people who deal with the same issues as well all the time. Yeah. I know I, when I dated this guy, it was, I wouldn't even call it a dating. I wouldn't call him a real boyfriend because it lasted for, I kid you not. I went to Europe, dated him or was with him for like two weeks. And as soon as we got back from Europe, he had dinner with my parents. I thought everything was cool. And I started my first day of school three days later and I get a text and then a phone call from him crying saying we can't be together. And uh. Yes, but it was mostly because of the fact that he was Persian and Muslim. I'm black and Catholic. He had to keep me as a secret. And he said, I don't want to do this to you anymore. And I said, well, we, we haven't really been dating to be like that. I just wanted you to meet my parents, you know, because... I'm the only daughter. They got to meet the people. But he took it very hard. And sometimes it is hard. It can be very hard. Yeah. And a lot of people say, you know, well, how can I come across, like, I'm in an interracial relationship. How do I come across telling my parents? How do I come across telling my folks? And there is really no right or wrong decision how to tell your folks. I would say it's when you tell your parents that's going to hurt you the most. Yeah. Telling my dad was telling my dad was difficult. Yes. I think it's more, you know, <clears throat> yes, your parents may or may not be disappointed. And yes, they may not exactly see it the way that, you know, they pictured it out for you. But I feel like the longer you wait, unfortunately is where it's going to hurt the most because you might have someone who's, you know, you really, really love eventually and you want to tell them but then you're like oh my gosh we've built this up and it's just going to be like a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie so don't wait years to tell somebody oh no that's not no you don't, need to wait years. you don't need to wait years i would say you know wait a couple months but there is no right or wrong way you know a lot of people online there's so many you know interracial relationship dating sites even and like advice places where they'll be like, well, how do I properly it's there is no way 
there is no proper way of saying it. It's sometimes you just have to come out and say it and that's it. But the longer you keep it a secret, it's not going to help anyone. No. Anyone. It actually can make, the longer you hold it in, it can actually make it more uh, difficult between you and uh, your significant other. Exactly. Because they may feel like you're ashamed. Ashamed, exactly. Yeah, so definitely I would say if you have to just like blurt it out over dinner, just blurt it out over dinner. Exactly. If you can't even blurt it out over dinner, you want to leave a note, which I would not recommend. No. You can't find like any other way to do it. If that has to be like the last result, but I will, if it's the last result, go ahead and do it. But you definitely do need to find a way to tell somebody to tell your family about this person, exactly. because if, if it's serious, they're going to be in your life for a long time. So if it means you got to say, Hey, pass the peas, by the way, I'm dating a, an Asian man. Oh, by the way, I'm dating, you know, a Canadian chick from Turkey. Like, then let it be so. Just put it out there. Don't be ashamed. Now we got your top five states right now. Some of these are kind of surprising. This is by a study by the HuffingtonPost.com. They did a study last year on the top 20 U.S. states for interracial dating. And guess who comes in first? California! Woo-hoo! Yes, California comes in first, slowly behind... Um, creeps in Texas. Texas is one of the surprising ones. Dee and I were talking about this before the show, and we Girl, were yes. surprised. We were kind of surprised at that. I, I would, I thought that New York was going to be number two. New York or Florida? See, yeah, I'm, that's why I was saying I was shocked that it came before New York and Florida. Well, at least New York, because I'm thinking, okay, California's got the West Coast, and then New York's got the East Coast, right? But Texas came in and said, no, we got this. I was like, dang. Go ahead. And and coming in third was New York. Fourth was Florida. And number five is Georgia. And you can actually find the full list on the HuffingtonPost.com. Just type in top 20 states interracial dating and you'll find it. And it's kind of surprising. The list is kind of surprising. I got to say. Some of these states I would have never thought in a million years would be the way they are. Because especially, like you say, you thought that New York was going to be second, right? Yeah. yeah. See, I'm really shocked that, like I said, I'm really shocked that it's not Florida. Because think about it. You get people from the Dominican Republic, people from Cuba, people from Jamaica, from the Virgin Islands. I mean, Florida, if you haven't been, people, is pretty diverse. In some of the cities that you go to, I mean, Miami is a melting pot within itself, okay? Mm -hmm. A big old melting pot. I've never been to New York personally, and I wish Nicole was with us. She's actually still in New York right now. But, I mean, I've heard stories about New York being so diverse as well. It's like the East Coast version of California. So, I, I some of those things kind of... Really surprised me, but there you go. You got California, Texas, New York, Florida, and Georgia. Now, you know Miss Lady Sapphire loves her films, so why not go, if, you, if you're if you a movie buff too and you've never seen these films, here are some films that focus mostly on interracial love. A lot of these are from the 90s and a lot of these are from, you know, nowadays, but here are some top films to watch. 
D, have you ever seen this movie called A Bronx Tale? Um, first of all, I'll tell you the story behind it or how I found out about this movie because I do know about it. Hey. Me and Santos were going on like a date. It was like our, uh, we were already a couple and we had been going out for like a month. And he took me to the movies. He opened my door. I got in the car and I reached over. And if you've seen the movie, there's this critical point where the girl reaches over and opens his door and that means she's the one. Mm -hmm. I, I did that for Santos and he came running to the other side screaming, you did it, you did it, I knew you were the one. I have to marry you. I was like, what in the hell are you talking about? And we were supposed to go to Barnes and Noble to like get coffee and, and read books. He's like, we're not going to Barnes and Noble anymore. We're going home and we're going to watch A Bronx Tale. I'm like, <laughs> So then after, during the whole movie, he's all like, it's coming, it's coming. I'm like, what's coming? So finally the girl does it. I'm like, oh, and this is how this all started. He was like, uh-huh. There you go. Yeah, I know all about The Bronx Tale. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a beautiful film. Like I'd never, I did not know the whole gist behind it. Like a homegirl of mine told me, she's like, girl, you need to watch it. As much as we like gangster films, Watch this movie and tell me that you're not in love with it. And A Bronx Tale is about an Italian family, um, mostly centered around the boy in this film and how he's growing up in New York, you know, right underneath the mob's eyes. And he falls in love with a girl who happens to be African-American. And this is highly controversial still to this day. A lot of Italians rather not have their you know, their children associate in marrying, in marriage, in relationships with African-Americans. But that's this... weird, though, because... That's weird, though, because it, I've heard from my friends that, like, have gone to New York and, like, lived in New York, there are a lot of Italian guys that really dig black girls. Yep. So that's why this movie, like, I remember, like, what Sans was telling me, and I remember when I looked up stuff on the movie for myself, I was like... Okay, but mm -hmm. you have to see who, who who did the movie. Robert De Niro, like he had a big part to do in the movie. And who is his wife? An African American lady. Thank you. All right, <laughs> here's one of my other favorite films, and this is actually by Spike Lee. It's called Jungle Fever, and Stevie Wonder did the theme song to this film. She's got jungle fever. He's got jungle fever. It's a good film. And it deals with Wesley Snipes and this lady, I forgot her name. Oh, um, Annabella Sciola, I forgot her last name. But she was in um, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And if you haven't seen that movie, that's a mindfuck. Go ahead and see that movie, people. But Jungle Fever deals with an architect and an assistant, and they fall in love. He's married, she has a family, and they begin this fervent affair. And he's white. I mean, he's black. Wesley Snipes is black, and she's white. And it's a mixed-up, wonderful story. And there's a lot of sub-stories. And I believe there's a cameo from none other than Halle Berry herself in one of her first pivotal roles. So go check that out. Now, you cannot watch an interracial love film and not mention the hell out of this movie. Do we know what we're talking about, D? Yes, ma'am. And I... <laughs> no. See... There are certain people that should attempt that and certain people that should leave Girl, alone. I can actually That's sing that song. I can actually sing that song, but I'm not trying to scare the neighbors right now in the studio. <laughs> but anyways, what? The Bodyguard. Now, what kind of pissed me off about The Bodyguard is, 
okay? And it's supposed to be a love story, okay? But do we really see any action going on between Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston other than the fact that, yes, they dance in the bar, they kiss, they make love, but you don't really see them make love. Like, did you notice that? That kind of pissed me off. <laughs> this is supposed to be a love film, and they ain't got really some loving going on. It's all about her being a diva, him protecting her, and then, oh, they get the big-ass kiss at the finale. Where is the fucking? Where the hell is the love-making? Nowhere to be found. If you guys... And I want to see the stage play. They have a stage play that is in the works right now. Really? Yes. Yes. Um, I can't think of her name right now, but it's pretty big. And it's been a blur. It's been all over Facebook. It's been all over Twitter. There's been pictures about it. And I believe they're doing it in England. And then they're going to move it, of course, to Broadway. But it is in the works. And a lot of people are like, well, can she sing? Yes, the female can sing. And they've been showing teasers. So check it out on Facebook. Type in The Bodyguard, the musical. Okay, this movie is really underrated. I love the hell out of this movie. It's called Something New with Simon Baker from The Mentalist and Sanaa Lathan from, of course, Love and Basketball, The Wood. I mean, she's been in everything. Something New is about Sanaa Lathan as this powerful black attorney. And she falls in love with her white gardener. It's not your typical love story. It's set in L.A. It's very modern it's very true and i definitely would say go see it have you seen it d no girl go see this movie it i i get so mad that not a lot of people know this this film because it's very beautiful it's a very beautiful film well written well produced go see this movie i have a movie for you that you do not have on this list what have you heard of the movie lakeview terrace yes girl i was going to put that on the list I totally forgot that Lakeview Terrace also dealt with some craziness. Well, see, the thing is, Lakeview Terrace really showcases how there's an interracial couple. And it's not because there are a lot of people who think of like the average interracial couple, either a black man and a white woman or a white guy and an Asian woman, something like that. The one type of interracial couple you do not see very often is a black woman and a white man. This is where, like, a lot of oh, yeah. go. Oh, yeah. So, uh, this this is a couple who moves into the area, is new. They move next to a guy who is raising his two kids. He's a cop. He's very strict. Played by Samuel L. Jackson. So, of course, this man takes it to, like, the umph degree. And he really just does not like them. Really does not like them mm -hmm. because... They're an interracial, it's a black woman with a white guy. And what you find out later in the story is, okay, his wife died. How'd she die? She was going somewhere with her boss. Yes. And boss was white. They got in a car accident. So it's, it's a, it's a, it, it's not really romantic. No, it's heavy. Thriller. And I'm not going to lie, it's ta it takes what interracial couples go to a little bit of an extreme, Wait. probably for like dramatic and theatrical purposes. But do you deal with shit like this? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Someone really just does not like your relationship because you're a black woman with a white guy or, you know, and then, then the black guy's like, who does this white guy think he is taking my woman? First of all, I wasn't your woman. Right. So stop it. 
like you really have this movie showcases a lot of there's a lot of racial there's a lot of racial issues as well as relationship issues that deal with it and some of the things that samuel l jackson tries to do to kick these people out of the name he tried everything everything we don't want we don't want to spoil it but there are some really fucked up things that he does in the film so I say definitely go and see that as well. Um, one of my personal favorites as a kid growing up, and I really didn't realize like how much this film like really dealt with it, but it was Karina Karina with Whoopi Goldberg. And she plays the maid who falls in love with the widowers. Um, well, who takes care of a widower and his daughter. And they end up falling in love with each other during the 1950s. In Los Angeles, during the time of segregation, he's white, she's black, they fall in love. And it's a beautiful film. Uh, it's lighthearted, but it deals with a lot of racial issues as well. So definitely check out Karina Karina. And then my per- one of my personal favorites, it's, um, it's a more comedic twist to the older film. It's a remake of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and they called it Guess Who? With Bernie Mac, Ashton Kutcher... Um, Zoe Zaldana that also dealt with it in a more lighthearted way you know you got the whole car scene where they're flipping through the channels and it's ebony and ivory and all these (laughs) other songs and stuff and you know they deal with it and of course you know they finally come to terms and it's a more lighthearted twist on the story guess who's coming to dinner where in the that movie she um, instead of a black woman bringing home a white man like it did in Guess Who, it was a white woman bringing a black man to meet the family. And this was a very controversial film when it was released in the 1960s because this was one of the very few that you see an on-screen kiss between blacks and whites on film. Other than, of course, the special episode in Star Trek where Spock... I was going to say, you can't forget that one. It's not Spock. I'm sorry, Trekkies out there, but when you see that magical kiss. And, of course, this brings us to the end of our episode, which is so sad. But we hope that you guys enjoyed. Please check out Erotic City Radio for all the fun. We also got Gangster Squad, a full-blown review that I got to do last week. If you haven't seen it already, it's in theaters now go see it it's damn good check it out eroticcityradio.com this podcast will be available monday morning so get at ya get it get get it have a good night y'all night night bye